Turn with me into your bulletins to Colossians 1. We're starting a sermon series that's going to go until Advent, which is the last week in November, about uh, growing up. Um, And uh, we'll start in Colossians 1. Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus by the will of God and Timothy, our brother, to the holy and faithful brothers in Christ at Colossae. Grace and peace to you from God, our Father. We always thank God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, when we pray for you, because we have heard of your faith in Christ Jesus and the love you have for all the saints, the faith and love that spring from the hope that is stored up from you in heaven and that you have already heard about in the word of truth, the gospel that has come to you. All over the world, this gospel is bearing fruit and growing just as it has been doing among you since the day you heard it and understood God's grace and all its truth. You learned it from Epaphras, our dear fellow servant, who is a faithful minister of Christ on our behalf and who also told us of your love in the Spirit. For this reason, since the day we heard about you, we have not stopped praying for you and asking God to fill you with the knowledge of his will through all spiritual wisdom and understanding. And we pray this in order that you may live a life worthy of the Lord and may please him in every way, bearing fruit in every good work, growing in the knowledge of God, being strengthened with all power according to his glorious might so that you may have great endurance and patience and joyfully giving thanks to the Father who has qualified you to share in the inheritance of the saints in the kingdom of light. For he has rescued you from the dominion of darkness and brought us into the kingdom of the Son he loves in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. This is the word of the Lord. Good morning to you again. I'm Howard Brown, the senior pastor at Christ of the Church. And as Pastor Giorgio um, said, we're going to start our Grow Up sermon series. And um, today we're going to sort of introduce the concept of Grow Up to you. And uh, so we're going to get into more detail. Uh, more detailed areas of your life as we go through these next weeks. Um, more times than not, though, when you hear the words, grow up, right? That's when the fight is at its end, right? And, and when someone is done with you or through with you, and uh, when, when it's said, it's funny, it never produces grown-up behavior, does it? When someone says grow up, usually some sort of cuss word comes out, all kind of fingers fly. Grow up. You know, I I got you grown up. I'll show you grown up. You know, that's what usually happens when you tell a grown person to grow up. It's shame to them or or at best to make them feel alienated and shamed or hated enough to change. And it's never grow up. I'm here to help you. But grow up. I'm out of here. And it's often said with this, grow up, and the person walks away, right? This this turn your back. And and most times it's not the therapeutic, well thought through for the other uh, person, a la Dr. Phil, I need to leave so you can grow up. No, but it's rather, you know, I am out of here because I don't believe you can change. And I won't be around any longer to help you out. Please grow up. Get away from me. I'm about to tell you guys, grow up. About 11 times over the next few months. But 
I've got good news for you, those of you who need to grow up. No. Grow up when it comes to what the Scripture says about growing up. It is not an insult. It is an invitation. It's not a goodbye. It's a hello. It's not a get away from me. It's a let me in. It isn't a about shame. It's about confidence. It isn't about being left alone. It's about never walking or living life by yourself, regardless of how many failures or digressions or disappointment your life produces. Grow up is an invitation and not an insult. But if growing up is not about shame as we know it, or disgrace, or, you know, you're just trying to bully me into some sort of moral or religious performance, then what could grow up possibly mean? Well, there's a few things we're going to look at today in this prayer and praise uh, given to us by the Apostle Paul. What we see is grow up means to grow up in God knowledge. Secondly, that grow up is about how you live and even changing the way you live. And finally, growing up is about growing up in the gospel. Let me sort of give you the feel of this letter's introduction. Um, Paul is writing to a church, one of his sons, if you will, in the faith from the church. He started in Ephesus. Now this son is one of the pastors or a pastor in this church in Colossae. And he responds with good news because he is hearing good news from that church. You know, it's like my daddy when he comes to visit this church. Or visit my house. You know, he's excited. Man, y'all doing pretty good in here. Woo, look at this house. You know, and I, I you know, I'm like a little kid. Daddy, look at this. You see, we, we added this. You see that? Man, that thing look good, don't it, daddy? Yes, son. I'm proud of you. But you know, barring any kind of, you know, parents want you to do even better performance. I got an A plus. What about the A plus plus? You know, barring any of that kind of stuff, which is unhealthy. We'll get to that in a grow up sermon series later. But, you know, it always comes with this. Well, you know you got that addition. Did you call the insurance company get that extra money? You know, there, there's this kind of excited joy about what you have. And, you know, daddy comes to, to sort of give you a little bit more help on it. You know, he, I, I love that when I got my new car, I got my first car. He comes in and I had the radio locked. And he goes to try to cut it off. Like, turn that thing down. And he used to always tell me when I'd go in his car and he have some new, boring news show, I'm starting to turn to him. I keep it on the news channel now. And I would go to change it. He goes, don't you touch my radio. When you get your own car, then you can decide. So I had the music bumping on purpose. <laughs> that Snoop Doggy Doggy or whatever. He, he don't like that. Who's that Snoop Doggy? I don't like him. Anyway, I'm like, daddy, when you get your car. Then you can change the radio. You know, I, I love that kind of stuff. Um, and I take every opportunity to, you know, take advantage of it. But, you know, he'll come to this church and he'll say stuff like, man, y'all are growing. You can finally get a real church, meaning church building. That's just the way, you know, he thinks, Terrence, the band sounds great. Maybe y'all can be a real orchestra. You know, you know how dads are and, and, and moms are. They, they want to 
out of joy. And Paul is saying, oh, in this first part of the letter, I'm so excited to hear about what's going on in this church, this Colossian church. Let me tell you some better news. Let me tell you the good news about what I'm hearing. It is time to grow in. And Paul is saying, I see and know the God that has shown interest in you. And I know the good stuff he has already done in you and with you. And seeing that, I invite you to go deeper and enjoy more of the good news of God's work that's already among you. We are all in different places in life. Right up in here this morning. We are all in different angles concerning God and church and relationships and work. We all have differing knowledge of the Bible and all have different heights and depths of struggles and all sorts of struggles. But I can say to each and every one of you what Paul expresses here in part. And even as a pastor of some of you, I mean, the news is good. It's better than what some of you think because at the very least, and this is less than what Paul is saying here because he's speaking to people who he believes to be believers, but at the very least, if you exist... And even more, if you are here listening to this and experiencing this worship this morning, I am encouraged by what God has done in you and doing to you and is able to to grow in you, in your humanity, in your dignity, in your heart and in your life. I am encouraged as Paul prays by, by just where and the way you are right now to tell you and to say, grow up. Keep going. There is so much more to you. There is so much more to this world, to the God you are hearing about, to to grow up as Paul calls his people in the knowledge of God. And Paul says this in his prayer of growth uh, for these Colossians in verse 9. For this reason, again, the things I'm seeing happening, the, what I know about God, Paul is saying, for this reason, since the day we heard about you, We have not stopped praying for you and asking God to fill you with the knowledge of his will through all spiritual wisdom and understanding. Paul is praying that that not only would they grow in knowing who God is, but that they would grow in the knowledge that God, knowledge from him for your life, for their, their life. That this spiritual wisdom and understanding is not yours, but it is for you. It is from heaven's supernatural realm to and for your earthly existence for you to know God and yourself and your world better. There's an old gospel song I used to listen to called Come On Up a Little Higher, right? And and, and what Paul is saying is come on up a little higher. I mean, gaining knowledge that is higher than than yourself. You know, um, get this. Paul says, understanding here, This is not about your understanding of yourself. This is not about comprehending your world yourself. This is about God's comprehension and understanding of us being given to you and me. God's understanding of you, he gives that that comes by him to you for your understanding of yourself and your God. And I know that's kind of crazy sounding, but what God is doing is he is giving you his insight. I used to hate this statement. My dad used to give me when, when I was younger. And it always came at some point when we were arguing. 
You know, I'm a kid. He's a grown man, all that. And we would have this stare down. He would break it up. My daddy will say, Howard, please. I know you better than you know yourself. <sighs> you know, it would break it up. I'm like, what? I hated that. What do you mean? And it was this kind of confounding curiosity in my face when he would say, I know you better than you know yourself. And I would think, huh? Maybe you're right, Daddy. Maybe you do. And as a parent, now I know how important it is that I know Harrison and Clark better than they know themselves. Because this road, to understand the questions that plague us throughout our lives, it is only because the one, to answer these questions, it is only because the one who made us and loves us knows us better than we know ourselves. It is the Lord who holds on to who you are and what you are worth better than you can or do for yourself. Who never, unlike us, loses the knowledge of who you are for your sake. So, like a kid, with questions, he's calling us to bring all your questions about yourself in your world in conversation with God's spiritual wisdom because if God is whose image and likeness and dignity you are made in and if God is the one who made you then growing in the knowledge of God will help you will help us grow up by by helping us to answer who am I why am I here how should I see myself how should I see others Why am I worth something? Why do I feel so empty all the time? What what purpose do I have in being here? And of course, how should I live? God tells us how we should live through this insight. Let me tell you, there's an unspoken debate going on here. Because Paul is challenging and, and the philosophy, philosophy of life that was happening in, ancient, in the ancient Greek world. There was this teaching that knowing is changing. That if you would just know it, that, that the more you knew in your head, the more you could explain concepts in life, the more you could talk about it, the more, you know, how, you know, how well could it be said, the more you could say it and know it, it meant the more, the closer you were to God. The more grown up and mature and closer uh, away from fallen humanity you were. But Paul comes along and prays this in verse 10. And we pray this. This is about the wisdom and understanding, that you gain wisdom and understanding in order that you may live a life worthy of the Lord and may please him in every way, bearing fruit in every good work, growing in the knowledge of God. He's saying this because what Paul is letting us know is that growing up is more than just knowing it is about really living it. Uh, man, my boys, when they play with that Wii or that, that video game, they start crying. Daddy, it ain't working right. And so I'll go over there and try to grab it. You know what my boys do? They pull their hand back. Let me help you, son. No, Daddy, I know. You don't know. Yes, I do. Then why is that thing messed up? Because I don't know, Daddy. 
I used to say that. I'm like, dog, it's like a, a repeat of a bad show. They shouldn't do a sequel to Howard Brown's life. It's terrible. I know. I don't know how many times I said to my parents, Howard, what's going on? I know. You don't have to tell me. Then why is it so messed up then? I don't know. He is saying that knowing is about really living it. And living like you know what God is saying about you in this world. That you will bear fruit results. That your fruit tells us whether you are really connected to maturing reality or to a nourishing reality. Simply put, what you do matters. What you do and what you don't do, how you live this life, the decisions you make, the things uh, and the amount you eat, what you spend and what you spend it on, what you do with your spare time, in your boredom, in your distress, what you do when you're happy or whether you're always the life of the party or whether you make yourself another object in the room. And on top of that, what do your relationships look like? With who and for what? And what do you do with people when they get around you? Are you a control freak or a cover-up? Do you get manipulated? And all of this stuff, these deeds, this fruit tells us what is feeding your life and your soul. And whether it is nourishing or destructive or degrading or dignifying or helpful or hurtful. And and Paul raises the ante here, doesn't he? Because he says what? We want you not only to live a life, a pretty good life. I want this life to be worthy and pleasing to the Lord. Uh-oh. We got to live right on the inside too? Yeah. Paul's saying, I want you to really grow up. I don't want you to pretend and play grown up. Kids pretend and play grown up. He's saying, I, I, I'm not just, I don't want you to, to just do it to be seen or, or accepted in this group or, or, or the motivation shouldn't be trying, you know, you shouldn't just try to fool yourself or others about something that is really not true in your heart. Paul is saying our deeds must be for real. We need to check our motivations. Why do you do what you do? Oh, this is sickening, ain't it? If it was just about behavior change, I get it, Pastor. I know you wouldn't be messed up in a minute. I know. No, you don't. Paul's saying, I don't want behavior change. I want real change. Paul's saying our deeds must be for real. That's growing up, not playing a game, not wearing the mask. And it is explained by and urged this way that it would be marked by great endurance and joy. And he's saying no matter what, that true grown-up doesn't change with the climate. Or whether you are getting your way or not. Or whether it's hard or not. or And it is marked by being glad to do it for God. I got to grow up. Oh. What? He says with joy and great endurance. But you know... When I go to work, I'm grown up. But when I come home, I go straight to the PlayStation. This inconsistent kind of living. And it's not marked or forced by fear or shame. I I told you this story, I think, a number of times. I'm going to tell you it again because like a kid, I like to tell the same story. Or like an old person, like we used to go to nursing home. 
I love the nursing home ministry. Howard, did I ever tell you the time? Yeah. Well, we'll hear it again. It's fresh. Um, I remember I went to the amusement park. It was this ride. It looked fun. It was one of the backwards things that go in a circle like 80 miles an hour. I was like, yes, I got to do that. All the big kids were doing it. And my dad was like, boy, I wouldn't go on that ride if I were you. You too little. No, I'm not. I know. Got on that ride. Bet I was going to die, y'all. I, y'all. And I remember getting off the ride and my hands were stuck like this. And my dad was like, you all right? Yeah, I'm good. I'm good. And he said this, Howard, when I, you were on that ride, I saw the real Howard. Because I saw real fear for the first time. Man, that's good. The real you came out. And what Paul is saying is, regardless of the circumstances, a sign of growing up and being real is when things are tough or scary or hard, the real you would come out. And not the immature you, but the grown up you. The two criticisms of any religion especially Christianity, hypocrisy. You do one, you say one thing, and you do another. Or you're just faking it. Or legalism, you're just doing a behavior change. And, 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 and legalism and, and, and hip, hypocrisy have created this sort of cynical group and, and cynicism, even in me, where, you know, if you enter this thing about growing up and trying to let Jesus make you better, you're either going to be a hypocrite or you're going to be a legalist. So let's just throw it all out. Who cares how you live? Paul's saying grow up out of that. Yeah, it's, it's funny. A, a fake or a hypocrite, if we were to look at it, is like a kid playing doctor or playing electrical engineer with a butter knife and a light socket or something, you know? In a... And a legalist is like somebody who wants to prove something to daddy by taking both hands off the, the steering wheel of the bike. Look at me, daddy, I'm all right. It's dangerously immature behavior. Because as much as you want to live like a kid, this ain't fairyland you live in. This ain't evil Knievel time. You are a man. Or you are a woman. Some of you are husbands and wives and aunts and uncles and friends and citizens and neighbors. You're a human being for goodness sake. This is real life and it matters to God that you not get hurt or remain hurt or hurt others in your immaturity. But, remember, this is not an insult. This is an invitation to all hypocrites and legalists and cynics to grow up for real. And what is real and shows itself in real life to have their life challenged but changed by God for their good, for their realness, for their spiritual and whole health, for their joy and survival in a fallen world. But don't get it twisted or confused. Because growing up, Contrary to a lot of popular belief, it's not about thinking well enough or, or doing well enough or, or making it up. Growing up is actually about giving it up. 
Look at the content and bookends of this message in Colossians. Apostle Paul says here, what? We always thank God, the Father of our Lord Jesus, when we pray for you. He's not praising them. He's encouraging them and encouraging courage by what is going on with and in them. But he is praising God for what he is doing in them and through them. Don't don't take my word for it. Look at how it starts out. I thank God. This is not a command in the middle here between verses 9 and 11 that we're looking at. This is a prayer. This is, Lord, we want your help in this. This is something you can't do. I have to pray for you to grow up. You can't just get the rules and make it happen. And then look how this thing ends in the verses we have before us verse 12 through 14. Giving thanks to the Father who has qualified you to share in the inheritance of the saints in the kingdom of light. For he has rescued us from the dominion of darkness and brought us into the kingdom of the Son he loves in whom we have redemption and the forgiveness of sins. Growing up, is an invitation to the gospel to escape the degrading insults of trying to grow up in a world in a way that is dark and fallen and confusing and dangerous. And this gospel, this message of grow up says this, that we cannot and do not and did not grow up on our own. That, that you know, you will not and cannot and did not do enough, well enough about what God wants or change how we live enough to be grown up. We are too broken to do it ourselves. That we were in a kingdom and continue to live in a world of darkness, of, 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 of hate, and, and, but, but where there is no light, where there is no knowledge of God or right or wrong, where there is no, oh, I hate to say this illustration, there is no God photosynthesis in there. That you can't bear fruit in and of yourself. The gospel is not a routine. It's a rescue. A rescue from immaturity and stunted growth and fallen sense of self and human worth. It is not a moral religion. Growing up is not about pulling yourself up by your own bootstraps or or being wise or well-read enough or being shamed or demeaned or beaten down enough to do it. In fact, Paul describes what? This growth as an inheritance. Getting a growth that you did not exert the pain or effort or life to get. It is about being loved by a God who is a father who sees you in your struggle and your disappointment with yourself and your world and your worth. Who who sees how, how damaged we are by our fallen sense and knowledge of ourselves. This is about a God, a Father, who sees how we have been treated and taught badly or neglected by people who should have raised us and loved us and and how we do the same to others. He sees us stunted in growth that he has for all humanity to know his love and joy and peace. And it says here, grow up because I am the one who comes to rescue you. If anything, when it comes to being called or told to grow up, as far as the message and method of God is concerned, the insult of it is all Jesus's. Being God 
of very God who became our Peter Pan, right? Who dressed himself and addressed us in the demeaning and silly clothing of immature and fallen human beings. And he became the stuff of our never, never land. He made himself to look like and be a kid, if you will. He, he gave himself and shamed himself being with us, participating and joining even in our childish games of cover up and pretending and hiding and doing stupid stunts, playing and still playing hide and go seek so that we could be found and reached and touched. This is about how Jesus came to be insulted as a God who became childish to rescue the childish from a never-never land that would have meant that they would never know, experience, and live in the joy and peace and love of God's real grown-up world. Jesus bore and took on our impossible and insulting demands to grow up so we can live out the God-made possible invitation to grow up. Over these next weeks, God is inviting you to grow up. And he's giving you Jesus to make it possible. An invitation. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, help us to move beyond hypocrisy. Help us to move beyond pretending. Help us to move beyond playing games in this life. Help us to move beyond playing cover-up or dress-up. Help us to grow up, Lord. Help it to come through the gospel, not of ourselves, but by you. Help us again to feel the invitation of it. Pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Lots of pocket sanctification.